Everybody's muted. Okay. All right. There you go. Everybody's All right, guys. Muted. Well, hey, uh, you're watching Amateur Radio Roundtable. Maybe you're watching it. Can anybody verify that, you know, on my, my YouTube dashboard now, I don't even see any video, but I think it's working. Yeah. 53 people watching, it's streaming. Okay. So we're streaming. Okay. Uh, you're, you're watching Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a show about ham radio and uh, amateur radio. And uh, we'd like to welcome you tonight if you're listening on shortwave on WBCQ on 7490. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. And if you can, please hit that subscribe button. I don't know where it is right now. We're on something different tonight. I don't know if the subscribe button is showing up or not. But uh, if it's showing up, please hit it. You notice that uh, I'm in, uh, I, I don't know where I am tonight, to tell you the truth. I'm in uh, somewhere green tonight. And uh, what happened, our, uh, our uh, encoder obviously uh, took a real big uh, reconfiguration from a Windows update, and it was going to take longer to get it going tonight than I, we had time. So we're kind of using a little backup system, which works pretty good, but it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. So. You know, we're uh, I'm trying we're trying that tonight, and let's see. Uh, maybe I should go. There we go. All right, so we're going to try to get through the show tonight. I th we're still going to talk about some of the things, and um, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I, I don't see Glenn here. I, I I think I sent Glenn the link to get on the show, but maybe maybe not. Kind of unusual for Glenn not to be here. All right. Uh, hey, join our Facebook group. It's just called W5KUB on Facebook. We've got about 13,000 members in that group, and uh, we'd love to have you. It's just a great ham radio group there. So uh, let's uh, see if we can just uh, kind of get back to some normalcy here. And uh, let's see. Um, uh, let me bring in more. Uh, Bring in uh, Rich and Alan. Okay. Guys, I'm learning it as I go right now tonight. How you doing? First of all, let's uh let's let's get Alan there. Alan, how you doing, man? Hey, we're doing okay. Uh, finally broke the uh, the week long heat wave here in New Jersey. It was uh, up over hundred degrees over the weekend and hot and humid and everything else, and finally uh, broke that. So we're happy about that. And uh, Glad to be in here. I know I've been traveling the last couple of weeks, haven't been able to make it. So uh, I'm glad I will make it in here today and uh, should be a good show. Yeah, well, it's been hot here, too. In fact, it's so hot here. When I turn the cold water on, it comes out warm. Now, believe, I mean, man, it is, you know, I think we've been up in 115 plus uh, feels like here uh, this past week. So it's been tough, man. Now, you're in New Jersey and Rich is also in New Jersey. Rich? Hey, before yeah, you go, uh, I, there's a note in the chat to uh, asking you to let Glenn in. Uh, let okay. Glenn, is Glenn in. Okay, Glenn. Yeah. Glenn might okay. be in in the uh, in the uh, streaming app, and you got to let him in. Uh, let me look. Yeah. So Glenn says, "Someone mm -hmm. tell Tom to let me in." <laughs> there we go. Now there I, I just I, I let him in. Right. I, are you seeing this double click? You, are you seeing it drag to reorder and thing pop? Hopefully you're not seeing. I don't that. see any of that. No. Okay. No. no. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Glenn's here. Okay. We were we were talking to Rich. Let's let's get let's get this thing back on track. Hey, Rich, how you doing, man? I'm doing fine. Like Alan, I am very happy to uh, be in a slightly cooler. Way. As he said, 
five, six days of uh, well over 90 degree heat and humidity in the same range. And it's been very, very uncomfortable here. And uh, finally got a break from that today. Still not much of rain, which uh, we need for gardens and stuff. But uh, there's very, uh, very little rain coming here. It seems to there's a lot of rain that's coming through New Jersey, but it goes north of us, it goes south of us. We've got a little bit of, uh, they call them mountains here, but they're hills, uh, just to our west that seem to redirect a lot of the storms. So it, uh, they miss us on the thunderstorms, but uh, we don't get any rain as a result. So. All right. Well, hey, keep safe up there. Try to stay cool. That's all I can say. It's It's been a hot one. All right, real quick, Glenn. Come on in here, Glenn. How you doing, Glenn? Am I here? You're here, man. In fact, you <laughs> look better here than you always look, man. I don't know what, you know. This little app is going to do okay, I think. It just don't do all the little bells and whistles, but it's, it's kind of sharp. Yeah, as long as you let me in. I mean, I was really out there in limbo. I was, you know, it's twilight zoning along expecting to run into rod serling any minute well yeah I, I, and you know at the last minute i i i don't have the video well i may have a video. well we can't play the video right now we're just gonna have to kind of talk through this tonight but uh that'll be okay this will be mostly a talking show tonight uh but uh I don't know if you saw the picture i posted your new picture on facebook tonight did you see yeah that? i did yeah yeah i saw uh, that you're still where, using where you the were. old picture. I sent you a new picture. Well, yeah, I used the new one. Did did you not see that? No, that was the old picture. No, 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 no. Look yeah, at the face. It, Look at it, the face on the new picture. You it sure looked website. like the old one. What? It sure looked like the old one. No, 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 no. You're looking at the wrong thing. I posted. All right, let's see. I posted about you. Uh, uh, okay, uh, it's sorry. God, I, I must be getting old. Do you see it? Yeah, I see it. All right. Well, too bad other people can't see it. Uh, hey, go to our <laughs> Facebook group. You'll see Glenn holding the soldering iron and do, showing how to do surface mount soldering. And uh, you'll get a kick out of the way he's holding the iron there. You've probably have seen it before. Well, you know, the interesting thing is I came, I came home and was trying to do a little bit the following day on something. And... Look what I did to my finger. Wait a minute. I did burn it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I grabbed the sight. No, I, I grabbed the heat gun in the wrong place. Oh, gee. That thing can get hot too, man. You, you know, when you weren't paying attention, you just reach over and grab, and it's like, oops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Smells like chicken. Yep. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Cats came running. Okay. I'm telling people how to get on the chat room. But uh, no, it, it's all good. Um, waiting on a, a new bunch of parts because it turns out the board carriers we had were for four by four millimeter surface mount chips instead of three by threes. Yeah. So I've got the, the new carriers in, but waiting on a, another couple chips to come in. But, you know, we're just going like gangbusters over on the other side of the lab, building stuff, uh, getting ready for the new book that I'm hoping to get turned in by December. 
Okay, well, you know, you can probably get with it and get that done and, you know. It's it's on schedule at this point. It's rolling along, but there's a lot of other stuff happening. I've got the presentation ready for Huntsville now. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun one. Okay, all right, well, good. And, hey, man, we're getting close to Huntsville, so uh, looking forward to seeing you down here. And uh, I, I think, Rich, uh, Rich, in my understanding, you guys probably won't make it this time. Yeah, we're, we're still... Uh... A little COVID phobic. Okay, uh, I got you. I got you. All right, well, let's do this. Let's try to get this show working and back on track here. Rich, let's just go and talk with you there, and let's talk about CQ for uh, next month and tell us all about it, and I'll try to keep things going here. So uh, go right ahead, Rich. All righty, well, our... uh focus this month is going to be on youth and uh let's see if try to get the cover in here it's I got too much light going on so yeah uh, I, I can see it it's uh but this is uh the cover is ve3mgy he is uh running it, it looks dark because uh it's uh he has red light in his shack for long hours of contesting uh, it's less eye fatigue that way. He, uh, in this picture, he is he's operating what he calls SO2C. Now, if you're a contestant, you're probably familiar with SO2R, single operator, two radios. But this is SO2C. He was operating two contests at the same time. The uh, CQ Worldwide Ridi, um 160 single sideband contest, which we have results on in this issue and uh, a ready contest two different complete station setups at the same time running two different contests that's that's pretty amazing <laughs> but our our main focus is on youth we start out with uh, an article on the yoda camp youth on the air camp in ohio this year uh written by two of the participants uh, ke8lqr and ke8rju so we get a first person perspective on uh, the Yoda camp and all the things they did there. They had an amazing time. Uh, then uh, we've got Marty Lane, OH2BH, with a, a very interesting story, which uh, we're calling A Boy in His Radio, a 21st Century War Story. This is about a Ukrainian ham and his family who uh, had to hide in their basement for a month because of shelling. And uh, the, uh, his 12-year-old son had been given a little battery-powered radio, which uh, was their only connection to the outside world. Uh, and he used that constantly uh, while they were in there. In the meantime, uh, the dad was able to communicate with other hams and was uh, setting up some emergency housing and, and stuff for the family in Finland. And it's a really amazing story of, of ham radio brotherhood and cooperation. Uh, the next story is uh, called Another Boy, Another Radio, Same War. This is about an eight-year-old here in the U.S. who uh, his dad is a ham and uh, started, took the, his receiver out of 
the basement and brought it up into the dining room when the uh, war in Ukraine broke out so he could try to get some news directly from the area on shortwave and uh, caught his eight-year-old son's attention, uh, who also started listening to local weather nets. This was tornado season. And he got really interested in that and decided to study for his ham license, which he did. And uh, he very quickly went to extra. And it's a very, and it's been highlighted in the local newspaper. So that's a, just a, it's a short story, but it's cool. It's a lot of fun uh, about uh, a young man who is uh, going to be an active ham for a long time, I would guess. He's uh, still eight right now, but uh, on August 1st, he turns nine. So uh, we'll look forward to a lot from him. Also in our <clears throat> youth focus, we've got our young ham of the year. Um, who was, uh, you know, CQ is a co-sponsor of the Young Ham of the Year program. It's uh, run by Amateur Radio Newsline. And uh, we have a profile of this year's winner, who is Audrey McElroy, KM4BUN. And uh, she was on our cover with her brother uh, last year sometime. And then in that same uh, general vein, we've got a report on the AWRL Foundation's scholarship grants which have nearly doubled this year through uh, incredible generosity of uh, ARDC, Amateur Radio Digital Communications Foundation. They have increased their scholarships to, they now have 45 scholarships valued at $750,000. The uh, total amount given away is over $900,000 in scholarships uh, from a variety of sources, but the huge bulk of that is coming from uh, ARDC. So there's a lot of support for young hams out there and a good number of them as well. And uh, my editorial even gets in on the topic with the question of how old is young? You'll have to read that to find out more. Um, as we mentioned earlier, when talking about the cover, we've got the results of the uh, single, of the CQ Worldwide 160 meter contest, which is held in the winter both uh, sideband and CW uh, results are in this issue. We have the announcement for the CQ Worldwide DX contest for this fall. Single sideband weekend is the last weekend in October, the 29th and 30th. And the CW weekend is uh, Thanksgiving weekend here in the US as it frequently is, uh, the 26th and 27th of uh, November. Good way to uh, work off some of the excess turkey uh, by exercising your fingers. <laughs> After that, we get into a, a variety of, of different articles and kind of spotlighting the breadth of our hobby. We've got a club spotlight on uh, a different kind of antenna party, collective antenna building. This is kind of a mix between a group kit build and an antenna party. Usually when you think of an antenna party, it's a whole bunch of people coming to one ham's house to help install an antenna. In this case, the hams all came to the meeting and built antennas, uh, wire antennas, and fed half waves uh, that they could all take home and uh, install themselves. So really interesting story. So you can take the concept of a group kit build and extend it to antennas. Then our former QRP editor, uh, Dennis Lazar, W4DNN, 
has an article on 800 megahertz QRP, globe-spanning ham radio QSOs from anywhere. Um, so you didn't know 800 megahertz was a ham band, but it, it can be in, in a way, and he explains how. We've got uh, two articles from uh, Paul Signorelli, W0RW, uh, on very different topics. One is a simple RF radiation detector. You can find it in your local supermarket or card shop. And uh, another is a reminiscence on uh, Mars operations during the Korean War. And, uh, finally, among our features, we've got uh, two other items. Rich Stiebel, W6APZ, you may remember him from a previous article about uh, being an early engineer at Nightkit, or early in his career, it was how he started out. Uh, designing early CB transceivers and uh, I think some ham gear for night kit. But uh, this one's called a shocking experience. And, uh, it's interesting when the, uh, when the engineer finds uh, a problem with uh, the way something's set up, he can change it. Um, and then we have a, a book review by uh, K6BK of a, this is more of a shortwave listener book called QSL, How I Traveled the World and Never Left Home by Ronald Kenyon. Uh, fascinating looking book and a, and a great review of it. Among our columns, we've got all sorts of stuff as usual. Um, emergency communications editor K3PFW asks, are you ready? As we're heading into the heart of hurricane season and uh, who knows what else, wildfires, um, Floods, like in you know St. Louis today, had 13 inches of rain, two hours or something like that. So, readiness is always a topic, and training is included in that. Uh, Joe K0NEB has uh, a piece called "Work in Progress." He's in the process of building the KX Mini Paddle, which is a, an interesting kit. It's uh, designed to attached directly to the front panel of an Elecraft KX2 or KX3. Uh, it's not an Elecraft product, but it's, it's a third-party product. Um, and a very interesting little kit that, of course, uh, he goes through step-by-step step how to put it together. Also in, in the world of kits is uh, our QRP editor, K8SMA, is writing about the uh, four-state QRP groups 4S tuner is also a kit and uh, it's a QRP antenna tuner. Very lots of whistles on that. I don't know if it has bells and whistles, just whistles. Um, in our homing in column this month, K0OV writes about the national and world ARDF contest as well as training opportunities for upcoming competitions. Antennas editor WA5VJB has a piece on the all important counterpoise. And VHF Plus editor N4DTF writes about a day in the life of a casual contester as uh, relating his experiences during the AWRL uh, June VHF contest. And uh, we've got a, a couple of uh, forward-looking, well, back and forward-looking pieces from DX and awards. Um, N2OO in the DX column writes about DXing past, present, and future, and 
KI4KWR and awards writes about the future of amateur radio awards. So a couple of think pieces there on how things are, are and are likely to be over the coming years. In uh, our contesting column, N3QE writes about recent trends in computer-based contest logging and the uh, most popular programs out there for contest logging. And finally, uh, in uh, our propagation column, Thomas Hood, NW7US, tells us what to expect from the bands in the month of August as we head toward the equinox in September. So that is uh, a rundown of what to expect in the magazine, which uh, should be in your hands very soon if you're a subscriber. If you're not a subscriber, we hope you will join us. We still have our subscription special going on. Just check it out on our website at www.cq-amateur-radio.com and uh, get in on the subscription special as well as uh, books and DVDs and all sorts of other goodies. Calendars too. We're working on next year's. Tom? All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot for that update. Sound like a lot of exciting things uh, happening uh, next month and looking forward to reading about them. And by the way, your video looks just outstanding to me. I don't know how other people are seeing it, but it's really nice and clear. And, you know, it looks like you moved upstairs. I did. I'm in the the, only, the coolest room in the house because even though we broke the 90 plus uh, temperatures, it's still pretty warm in the rest of the house. So uh, the living room is the warmest, the coolest room in the house. I wish we could break the 90 plus in the other direction. It's been a hundred every day for the last two weeks plus. Wow. It's crazy. I don't remember the last time it was this hot down here for this long. Yeah, we, we've had, we've been in the upper nineties all week, but then over a hundred on Saturday and Sunday. But. All right. Chris, uh, Chris, thank you. Rich. <laughs> I am so messed up tonight. How many tries does he get? With all the stuff going on here, believe me, man, you know, I'm trying to pull this thing together and make stuff work, man. And uh, there's all kinds of people in the chat room telling me they can't get the video on W5KUB. And I I understand that. I'm, I'm not sure why. Because it's I'm, not I'm, fair because you're not encoding it. No, I am. I'm encoding to YouTube. And YouTube yeah. is just embedded on W5KUB. In fact, I'm watching it over here on W5KUB. Yeah, I'm watching the YouTube, but I'm, it's not I'm, on W5KUB. Well, let me repeat myself. We always stream to YouTube. Uh, and on W5KUB, it's just an embedded YouTube player. So anything that you can watch on YouTube, you can watch on that YouTube player right there. So well, it's I'm, watching it on, I'm watching it on W5KUB here. I don't know why some people can't get it. You know, I, I think Alan's like getting it here. Well, you got to remember, I'm in I'm in wireless Mississippi, so yeah, it'll, it'll yeah. probably work in about ten years. Yeah. Well, again, Rich, thank you for putting up with all this mess tonight, and uh, <laughs> um, maybe next time we'll have things worked out. This, you know, uh, one of the one yeah. of the great things about doing stuff with technical people when the technology isn't doing what it's supposed to is as, as you mentioned earlier, it's an opportunity for all of us to learn at the same time. And, uh, you know, when, when you're having trouble with technology and you have technological people working at it, 
it's not a matter of throwing up your hands and saying, oh, no, this isn't working. What are we going to do? Um, you say, oh, no, this isn't working. How do we fix it? And uh, we all learn from your learning at the same time. And that's, you know, that's one of the essences of, of ham radio is all of us working together, learning together and sharing our knowledge and uh, even, you know, getting through difficulties together. That's, that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I I can fix this. It's just that it was showtime when it, everything hit the fan, you know, so that's uh, that's my problem. And um, we could have got it going in 45 minutes or an hour, but I, I didn't feel like we should do that. So, hey, again, thank you. And uh, hopefully you'll tune in to uh, Huntsville when we're on up here. And uh, I will do my. Hey, I, we're going to be running this system here at Huntsville because this has some advantages over our high dollar encoder. This little thing here has some advantages. For instance, you guys could have just as easily come in. Your picture could have easily come in on your smartphone tonight. That could have been what I'm seeing here. I don't know if you're on a smartphone or not, but. Uh, so say for instance the problem we've had at Huntsville is it's it's a very large place and we have to roll that big old cart around and when the crowds are there we can't get through the crowds and it's just you know it's it's difficult now hey with this system here i can bring you in just like you right there oh you can have your uh, smartphone and you can be a roving camera with your little smartphone walking around in there and I can bring you up on this uh, app right here and just switch you in or out or, you know, add you into other with other people. So this is going to have some advantages to it. And it might turn out to be a, a, a much better thing for, uh, you know, that type of event. All right. All right. So uh, Tim Toe says both chat rooms are still working. Uh, Kathy's been working in here the last 35 minutes trying to figure out how to turn YouTube off, well, YouTube chat. But yeah, I think the Melon app turns it on because it mirrors the um, the YouTube chat on the Melon app page. Does it? Yeah. yeah okay. Well, uh, yeah. And, and it may mirror. Well, yeah, let's see. Facebook don't have. Facebook doesn't have a uh, chat. Uh, it seems like to me it can bring up multiple chat rooms. I'm, I can, we can stream, I think, to multiple places here easily. We can we can be streaming to Facebook at the same time we're streaming to to uh, uh, YouTube. But anyway, hey, we're gonna I'm make gonna it through tonight. Good night, everybody. Good night, okay. good night, good night. Uh, Rich. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot for joining us here. Stay, stay cool, My man. Pleasure. Thanks. The thing with dealing with all of this technology, though, is you got to learn when to throw all the cooks out of the kitchen. Well, yeah, I guess. Let's see. You are who? You're uh, you're Glenn. So if I click right there, I can put you full screen, man. Hey, that's kind of neat, right there. So. Yeah, yeah, that's and you got cool. a wider picture with this service than you do the other one. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I have no idea what this is. I have no idea. I think we're running. Um, I think this is 720p. I, I don't well, know. You're what probably the, just seeing, you know, the the raw output of my camera, whereas the yeah. The zoom trims it down because you normally can't see both sides of my desk. Well, let's see what I can see with Alan. Let me flip to Alan here. Well, I have a pretty wide picture there, too. You see the best of my room over here. And yeah, I can see some paper <laughs> over there to your right. Yeah, man. Uh, okay. All right. So, hey, we're going to get this thing. And uh, uh, I'm in the green room, you know. 
All studios have a green room. I'm in the green room tonight. Okay. Hey, you know, let's uh, let's talk uh, a couple well, a couple things here. Uh, we were going to talk tonight about uh, the surface mount, and Glenn, we can have to show that video next week. Uh, but we can talk a little about it. And but let's talk with Alan because several people commented in, in Facebook about I posted a little short video of some of my observations. Uh, on our tracker, and I used the spectrum analyzer to look at the output of the tracker. The output of the tracker is on uh, 14 megs, you know, that's 20 meters. Your, uh, uh, what, second harmonic would be, uh, what's that, 31, 20, uh, it'd be 30, 31 megs. And then uh, the third harmonic would be about, I don't know, 40 something, 40 something megs. And, um, so typically we run this tracker, it's only 10 milliwatts, so it's not very powerful at all. So typically we run that uh, tracker about 10 milliwatts, and we come right out of that little uh, uh, frequency synthesizing chip, it's an SI5351. We come straight out of it to an antenna. The SI5351 is a 50 ohm uh, output. We don't, we, typically we don't use any type blocking capacitor there. You know, because uh, we're not feeding, well, I don't know what we're not feeding. Uh, maybe Alan can tell us that. So anyway, so, but I started playing around with it, and the video that uh, I posted shows the fundamental frequency. We're running uh, uh, 10 dBm, which is uh, 10 uh, milliwatts. And then it looked like the second harmonic was down much lower. I don't remember what it was. It was probably below zero. And then the third harmonic was probably about the same. But then I put a, uh, a capacitor in series with the antenna. I put in somewhere like a 0 0.01 or a 0 0.1 uh, microfarad capacitor in series with the antenna. And I saw the output increase just a little bit. Before, instead of 10 milliwatts, I think we had like 9 or 9.5 milliwatts. When I put the capacitor in there, I saw the output was a full 10 milliwatts, and when I when I dialed in the second harmonic and the third harmonic, I didn't even see it on the scale. I mean, it was it was pretty much gone. So, um, Alan, you want to talk about why or how maybe that that even happened? And yeah. hey, just one thing: somebody told me, and I, I guess it's true, the the outputs of all the harmonics. Let's see how they they all add up to the what am I trying to say the power if you can if you can reduce the harmonics that power I think goes into the into the fundamental frequency maybe anyway I, t talk to us Alan so well yeah so that, I mean that can be true it's not universally true um, and you know in the outset adding a series capacitor shouldn't in theory if everything was ideal shouldn't do anything to reduce the harmonic content. Uh, because in a sense, adding you know, one way to think about it, if you add a, a series capacitor, you're you're changing the impedance potentially that the amplifier is seeing. Um, but but the likelihood of what's going on here is that the amplifier, and I haven't seen the schematic of your amp, the amplifier is likely sensitive to whatever the load impedance is, and just the fact that you change the load impedance. You change the harmonic content of the harmonics being produced or the distortion being produced by the amplifier. 
and you you know in in this sense it got it it made your output look more sinusoidal which means that you're taking away some of the harmonics and uh, so making that more sinusoidal the power is going into that fundamental and not into the harmonics but just strictly adding if you just had something that had some harmonic distortion you add a series coupling capacitor to you know between whatever is generating that signal and the load that in and of itself you know in general isn't going to reduce the harmonics I think it's really a, more of a complex interaction that we're seeing in your case that you're changing the impedance seen by the output of your amplifier and to, to make it either a better tuned circuit for the fundamental frequency, um, mm-hmm. uh, but you're certainly just changing what that amplifier is seeing. So, because it's, it's really a bit counterintuitive that adding a series coupling cap would reduce the higher frequency content and anything if, if doing anything it would reduce the lower frequency content you know and, you know but uh so i think it really just comes down to you're just changing the impedance that the amplifier is seeing and well, and that's causing a, a change in the wave shape that the of the amplifier therefore the distortion products that it's producing so um so i so i think that's you know like i said i it's not an exact answer of what's going on, yeah. but just from observation, it's what's going on, right? I've got one piece that will probably let Alan finish and find the entire answer. Yeah. Tom, you're taking the SI-5351 direct to the antenna, correct? That's that's right. Oh, yes. that's a square wave output, yeah. The yeah, square it's a square wave. wave it, yeah, it's a square wave. So that, that's and a square wave is going to generate all kinds of harmonics. Yeah, but the square wave by itself is going to be primarily odd harmonics the third the fifth the seventh okay when you have when you have even harmonic content that generally means that uh you can think of it that the duty cycle is changing of the waveform think about a a sine wave or a square wave spends as much time above zero as it does below zero that's kind of a balanced duty cycle right 50 percent duty cycle when you add odd harmonic content it means you're spending more time above or below the baseline so you might be getting something that's kind of a look, you know, almost looks, I mean, in a gross sense, like a full wave rectified signal, that would be a really gross sense of, you know, a lot of even harmonic content. But just the fact that it's a square wave output driving a reactive load, it probably has got a pretty ugly looking waveform, <laughs> okay? And yeah. by adding the, the coupling capacitor, you're just making it a different shape ugly. Yeah, okay. you know, uh, I've, I've noticed uh, in the past years that the third harmonic sometimes it's it's it it always was much stronger than the second. Yeah, that that's because it's a, because the, a square wave will not always wave. have it's fundamentally a perfect square will only have odd harmonics. Uh huh. The even harmonics only come in when there's a slight amount of of um, you know duty cycle distortion where you your yeah. waveform isn't balanced above and below it'll have a little bit of a different shape on the the positive peaks versus the negative peaks that's that's kind of uh, your indication you've got some even uh, harmonic content odd yeah. harmonic content tends to be balanced okay well you so, know the uh, uh, the the configuration or the setup we had now the SI5351 state is a 50 ohm output yeah and uh, of course my spectrum analyzer is a 50 ohm input so, uh, yeah, but you've got you've got a couple of flying leads there. Yeah, yeah, like I got, that, I got yeah. some flying leads in there for sure. Yeah, <laughs> so so yeah. that's all part of it. And uh, yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, the likelihood is that it's going to look even different when it's looking into your antenna because the antenna isn't going to be a perfect fifty ohms either. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so whatever you see on the spectrum analyzer in that environment, with whatever impedance is being produced by the clip leads and everything else, that's going to be a different impedance that that it's going to see when it's when it's feeding the antenna, when it's at 50,000 feet. 
So well, that's a good that's a good point. Uh, I guess uh, to look at that once it's hooked to an antenna, I, I guess I could take the spectrum analyzer with just a little short antenna or something on it and still look at the the harmonics. Yeah, if you if you can get the antenna hanging in the air or something like yeah. that, and then and then just pick up what you're getting off of that antenna, that'll give yeah. you a better picture of what it's radiated. Because even if you're putting the all of the harmonic energy into the antenna, the antenna might be reflecting a lot of that back because of the impedance of the antenna. So that whatever gets radiated might be more of what you want, but that's that's the best way to see really what you're doing, you know, in that, in that situation, so. Yeah. Well, uh, well I'll definitely, uh, there's some good points there. I'll definitely uh, check into that and do a little bit different testing uh, like you suggested there. Now, the only thing I, I did notice when I was watching the video, there were a couple of, um, probably adjustments and tweaks you can make on the spectrum analyzer to get some better results. And I didn't know if we wanted to spend, you know, five or 10 minutes doing a little spectrum analyzer one-on-one. I could share a, a spectrum analyzer screen and show sure. you what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, why don't you do that? That'd okay. be great. Okay, so let me, uh, let's see if this works. You might have to enable the share. Yeah, well, I, I yeah, you came up, uh, it looks like another camera. I'll just say show on screen. So okay. there it is right there. There you go, okay. I kind of like the way I kind of like the way this works. Yeah. All right. So, so this is just a, let me let me actually turn on a signal source here. I'm actually using, believe it or not, the spectrum analyzer I'm using is a nice Tektronix uh, spectrum analyzer. But I'm, the signal source I'm using is a tiny SA because that's what I had up here. Uh, so let me go so change this mode to be switch the output on the low. Let's set the output to be at say 20 megahertz and turn it on. Do you have any idea of the output of that? Oh, it's a it's an ugly looking square wave. So, no, but I mean, yeah. you, it, it, it could. I don't know what's in the tiny SA, but you know the output power. Yeah, I, it's actually I got I've got it set to um, I've got it set to let's see minus fifteen dBm. I've also got it going through a, a an attenuator oh, okay. and a long cable. So it's, okay. So what I want I, I purposely wanted to set it up to be in the neighborhood of about minus forty. Um, because uh, I just wanted to kind of have it low because I want to kind of illustrate a couple of things here. So on a spectrum analyzer, there are um, really kind of four main controls on a spectrum analyzer. There is obviously the center frequency, okay, which is right here, in this case, 20 megahertz. There's the frequency span, which is the, you know, the range from one end to the other here. So I'm looking at a five megahertz span in this case, okay, 20 megahertz center frequency, looking at a five megahertz span. The resolution bandwidth, or RBW as we call it up here, that's effectively the filter, you know, that is, is being used. So uh, anything is gonna, any signal is gonna, basically it's how much power is in that particular 10 kilohertz of bandwidth. And then the fourth one is the reference level or reflev, okay? The reference level is essentially what power level is represented at the top of the screen, okay? Um, and the one that a lot of people don't think about is properly setting the reference level. Because if you look at this, this signal right here is peaking at about minus 40 dBm. My reference level set to zero dBm. So it means I've got 40 dB. That's a factor of 10,000, right? Power mm -hmm. level in my spectrum analyzer measurement is 10,000 times lower what it could, than it could be, right? Remember, there's a logarithmic scale. Each of these is a power of 10. Okay, so I'm 10,000 times lower in power than I could measure here. And what that what the effect of that is that it really reduces 
uh, or degrades, I should say, the signal to noise ratio that you can measure here. Because if I look at this, this signal's only what, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 dB above, above the noise floor, okay? But watch what happens if I change my reference level down, say by 10 dB. So now I'm at minus 10 dBm reference level, okay? My signal's still at minus 40, but now look, I've got 50 dB of dynamic range available. Let me knock that down again. Okay, now reference level at minus 20, it didn't really change too much because what's happening here is when you adjust the reference level in a spectrum analyzer, it, the spectrum analyzer you can think of is like a receiver. The signal comes in, it's gonna get go through a mixer to get converted into an IF and all process like that. But there's an optimum signal range that you wanna put that signal into that mixer. So when you're adjusting the reference level, it's trying to optimize that uh, and not overdrive that mixer and also give you a good signal level into the mixer. And you can see if I, if I bring this up to plus 20 dBm, the signal's still showing at minus 40, but you can see I've got very little dynamic range available. Because if you look down here, you see at the bottom, it says attenuator setting is 38 dB. Because it's putting a, a 38 dB of attenuation before the signal even gets to the mixer. So we don't overdrive the mixer. When I bring that reference level back down again, you see that mixer came down. I went to 10 dBm, my mixer's now at, or my attenuator's at 28. I go to zero dBm, my attenuator's at 18. If I go to minus 10, my, my attenuator's only 10 dB. So the, the lower I can make that attenuator, the more dynamic range I have available. Now this particular generator or analyzer won't, won't automatically set the attenuator to anything below 10 dB. Okay, so if I go lower in reference level, if I go to say minus 20 or minus 30, the, the attenuator is still 10. So my dynamic range is kind of still stuck. But I do have the ability, and most spectrum analyzers give you that ab the ability to go in and manually adjust that attenuator. And if I take that last 10 dB out, I've gained a bit more dynamic range. So I noticed when you were doing, the reason I bring this up, because I noticed when you were doing your video that your signal level was only peaking up about halfway up the screen. I couldn't really tell from the screen where your reference level was, okay? So that so that's going to affect, so when you, when you went over and looked at, say, the second harmonic and it wasn't there, well, the fundamental is only about 10 or 20, you know, 20 dB or so above the noise floor, 30 dB above the noise floor. So when, and the second harmonic was only about 10 dB above the noise floor. So when you went over to look for it, it might've only gone down by 10 dB, but it was already buried in the noise floor and you couldn't see it. Whereas if you adjusted the reference level down, you might've still seen, you know, been able to kind of unbury that thing out of the noise and see it. Okay. So that's the reason I bring that up. The other thing. So that Alan, Alan, I, uh, I've got two different spectrum analyzers. Uh, one is an HP where I set that, uh, that top line, uh, what do you what do you call it? The uh, reference oh, yeah. level. Yeah. Where I where I set that. Now the, the spectrum analyzer I use in that video you saw, you don't set the reference line at the top. Okay. It just measures, I guess, for you know, there's zero at the bottom, and it it you know it goes upwards, you know, 10, 20, 30. Yeah, but there, there's got to be there there should be some way of of setting essentially. If, if nothing else, setting the attenuation value. Oh yeah, I can end. set the attenu. I can set attenuation in there. Okay, and, and, and I, I, I even put in a uh, external 20, uh, 20 dB, uh, what twenty dB in pad. 
okay. or 20 dB pad in there. But yeah, it just re it reads different than the other spectrum scope. Yeah. Okay. But I just I'm just trying to help you get uh -huh. the most dynamic range out of it. And another way to get a better dynamic range is start reducing the resolution bandwidth. Because the more you adjust the resolution bandwidth, the further down that noise floor will go too. So you can start seeing signals that are buried way down in, in the noise. Um, so for example, if I take a look at this, um, if I set my stop frequency to say well, 100 megahertz here, you know, now I can actually see, you know, there's the yeah. fundamental when I start seeing some of the harmonic content. Whereas if I had my RBW set back to where it was, I can't see that harmonic content because it's buried down below the noise floor. Well, I, I need to look at this. This uh, spectrum analyzer there is a little older, and I'm a little disappointed. I had a, a much uh, higher-end spectrum analyzer that I could – it was wide enough in bandwidth where I could see the different harmonics. Uh, okay. On this one, it seems like it's so narrow that uh, I only can see the one, and I have to key in you know, the frequency you, to see you, the others. So you can't see a, set a wide enough span to see it. Right. Okay. The span, I don't think the span will go that wide on that one. Now, I'm okay. not sure about the HP. I have to look okay. at it. Okay. All right. Because like I said, th th these are little tricks to be able to see signals buried in the noise. You know, one is keeping a reference level and attenuator set appropriate for the signal and going to narrow resolution bandwidth. So you can see as I go narrow and narrow in RBW, now I could just start, I can now start to see this harmonic that's sitting here. Mm -hmm. In fact, if I throw a marker on on this peak, let me throw a second marker on here and uh, move that over to the next peak right there. Um, so we can see that one. Um, in fact, I'm not even sure that's the same uh, a harmonic because this guy is sitting at 20 and this guy here is sitting at, uh, let's see, he looks like he's sitting at 28.75. So, so he's not a harmonic. Uh, let's actually, let's go. Let's go look at a much wider span There's here. There's a couple more in here, I assume. Yeah, so so this guy is probably the second. This guy is probably the harmonic. Let's move that mm -hmm. over there. So, yeah, that, that guy is one of the harmonics. So so he's at, well, no, he's at, uh, he's at 25 meg. Hmm. So, but uh, let's, 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 let's. Have you looked at the output, the output waveform of that, that tiny essay? I haven't looked at it on the scope yet, uh, but let's see. I'm over here at 40. So there's the there's the second harmonic right there. Okay, yeah. so that, that's the second harmonic. Let's bring my stop frequency up to say 200 megahertz here, just to see. And uh, all right, so now if we go and take a look at that one, so this guy is at 60 megahertz. Okay, so that's the third harmonic right there. And it's, uh, it's stronger. It's stronger than the second. Yeah, because like I said, because I'm pretty sure the output of this is close to a square wave, yeah. you know, closer to a square wave. Uh, so I can see I've got definitely got the third harmonic, but I don't really. The seventh would be somewhere right out about here, and I don't really see that. I see so. a little one poking up here, right every now and then, yeah. right there where your right. mouse is. But this is the kind of thing, like I said, if if you had your RBW set wide, okay. Mm -hmm. um, you wouldn't even see that harmon that the harmonic was there. Yeah. Okay. Because lowering the resolution bandwidth drops the noise floor, and you'll start to see these things that would normally be buried in that noise floor. Uh, now, the, the penalty you pay with most spectrum analyzers is that a narrow resolution bandwidth will result in a very long sweep time. Okay. The analyzer mm -hmm. I have here has got some tricks that uh, that don't really pay that same penalty. <laughs> But uh, you might find that if I set, you know, a 500 hertz RBW or a 300 hertz RBW on a swept analyzer, this same sweep might take many seconds to occur. Okay.
but it's just it's, these are the kind of things that you do to kind of optimize when you're using a spectrum analyzer to get the best dynamic range and see things that might otherwise be buried in the noise. So get the reference level set right, the attenuator set right, and the resolution bandwidth set right. Well, that's a good, uh, good demo there. So Yeah, I like it. But yeah, so anyway, I hope that, hope that came through. So, so one of the next things that uh, we'll be doing, uh, let's see if I can figure out now how to, let's see, i to figure out how to do this. Alan, Alan, let's see if I turn that off. Okay. Nope, nope. <laughs> Maybe I turn that one off. Well, what are you trying to accomplish? Well, I'm trying to get his uh, screen off, and I'm trying to get you guys back on the show here. Okay, well, it looks like we're seeing all three of us side by side here now. Yeah, yeah, you are. And um, But I think the YouTube stream is still showing. The, there you go. Well, yeah, the YouTube's just delayed. That's all. There we go. Yeah, okay. Well, that's cool. Hey, one of the next things I do is I'm working on a little uh, 100 milliwatt amplifier again. The reason, I, the reason I'm doing it is I don't know if anybody has noticed this or not, but the past week, I, I think we've had, uh, I, I have a hearing that we've had a major solar storm or something that was pretty, pretty violent. And it has really affected the Pico balloons. Um, you know, we're very, very low in power, 10 milliwatts. And it has been just wiping out communications for the past four, five, six days. And even today, it's not better. I thought maybe we were having a transmitter problem, but uh, I've got some friends that have a balloon up near us, and, and uh, they're both acting the same way. You'll completely lose connectivity with this guy for three or four hours right in the middle of the day, whereas this guy may, may work or any, anyway. So I, I can see that uh, a little bit extra power might be helpful. Uh, I threw together a little uh, uh, breadboard uh, amplifier over here, and it looked pretty good uh you know our, our solar voltage is going to vary from maybe 3.3 to 4.5 volts depending on our cells that we use and so forth but down around 3.3 volts which is probably about the lowest that we would run uh we're i'm seeing about uh 30 35 milliwatts as the voltage gets up closer to about four we we peak at around 100 milliwatts so uh, I guess depending on the amount of sun that the solar cells pick up, this thing may run anywhere from 30 to 100 uh, milliwatts. Now, I think even 30 milliwatts will give you quite an advantage over 10 milliwatts, to tell you the truth. So um, I'm looking at that. Now, this is where I really need to be able to look at the the harmonic radiation adders, particularly if I go with a 100 milliwatt uh, transmitter there. So probably going to require, you know, building up a... Uh, <coughs> You know, a low-pass filter or something here to uh, to to filter out those those uh, harmonics there. Yeah, probably not a bad idea. Yeah, so that uh, that'll be next uh, to to do, and uh, we'll probably be talking about the little uh, amplifier we built up. It's only got about five parts in it. Very simple. It's got a in-channel uh, MOSFET and a uh, uh, couple resistors, I guess, for biasing, and then a uh, uh, capacitor for input and output, and basically that's uh, that's it. Uh, so we'll be talking a little about that on the show, probably over the next weeks. 
And uh, maybe we'll get into some filter design and, and Alan, we'll get you to help uh, critique and help us to improve uh, uh, any filters we might build. Okay. Uh, we want them to be very small. We want them to be less than a less than a gram. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, it, you know that's uh, that's achievable. Uh, I I have wound some uh, inductors here using a drinking straw. You know, maybe a drinking straw, maybe a quarter inch long. You know, it's about a it's a little less than a quarter inch in diameter, and you know, winding some number thirty six wire around it. And, yeah. You know, using some uh, formulas and some websites to. To calculate the approximate inductance, you know, number of turns and so forth. Yeah, you might, um, might get away with just doing a tuned load in the drain of the MOSFET. You know, we're just doing an LC tank circuit that's resonant at your at your desired frequency. Oh, okay. Well, I hadn't even, I hadn't even thought about that. So okay. that's something that I really want to discuss with you. So okay. you're thinking an LC circuit might just clear that up? Yeah, I mean, if you an LC tuned <laughs> circuit as a tuned load. Um, that should kind of naturally give you less gain at anything but your fundamental. And now that that just goes on the output, right? The RF output. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, it just if you it sounds like what you described as a simple common source, you know, uh, common source amplifier. Yeah, um, yeah. You're just taking the output from the drain, and uh, if yeah. you if yeah. the load of that drain is a tuned circuit, is an an LC tank circuit that's resonant at your desired frequency. Um, and then, and your antenna is reasonably resonant um, at that desired frequency. You, sh you should have very little gain at the harmonic harmonic frequencies, and uh, you know that'd be a good place to start. So. Well, I think the uh, last filter I built maybe this past year, and it looked like it had some fairly good results. Was just a T, you know, it was two inductors with a, yeah. a capacitor in the center. I guess that's kind of like your LC, but it's got an extra L to it. Yeah, so yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. So it's just yeah. uh, but making some kind of a tuned load, um, you know, can can more naturally reject the the higher order harmonics. So. All right, well, we're going to hire you to help us out with uh, with figuring that out and getting it right there. Yeah. Okay. All right. I also okay. got a, a new toy to talk about. Oh that. yeah, let's talk about that. Let's see it. Let's let's so, look at that. Yeah. So this is this is the new toy I just picked up here. Um, this is a made by Bomatech out of uh, germany and uh, it's just the what does he call it the the bombatech let's see what he's calling it here um the bombatech what's the name of it the tp3 ultra compact twin paddle okay um and just to give you an idea of the size i'll stick it in the palm of my hand here so you can kind of see how big it is but really really well made um anodized aluminum uh, four four um, magnets on the back that are nice and strong. So if you, uh, I've got a little piece of metal with uh, some rubber on the bottom that I'll I'll snap it down to. Otherwise, you can just hold it in your hand. Um, the if you look at it, it look what looks like those little springs in the center. They're mm -hmm. actually not springs. They're actually the electrical connections to, you know, the the eighth inch plug. Okay, there there really are no physical springs in this design. Uh, what he's got, um, you can see the two levers kind of cross over each other, uh, you know, and uh, and I got it set to be pretty close, but they cross over each other. The contacts are up on the kind of the, the front half here, okay, mm -hmm. and then the uh, there's actually another a lead screw in the back with uh, a magnet that opposes a magnet that is on the the little lever arm, 
and how close you put those magnets together determines effectively your your spring force. Okay. Ah, so the magnets basically you're holding holding the thing apart. Exactly. So, yeah. and the way you adjust it on the bottom, there are little set screws, little little uh, Allen key set screws. You know, you can see four of them right there next to the magnets. And you, once you let go of those set screws, you can adjust like the lead screws on this side are, are going to set the contact spacing, and mm -hmm. then the lead screws on this side will adjust the magnets in or out to determine effectively your your actuation force. But this thing is, like I said, really tiny. Um, I, I bought it to to kind of go, you know, portable operating, and but the action on it is really really nice. And the guy did a fantastic job, you know, designing this thing. A guy named Marcus, I forget his call sign. Uh, That's so cool. Bomatech out of Germany, but uh, yeah, I ordered it. it. Took about uh, two and a half weeks to get here or so, and uh, yeah, a little pricey. It was about 150 bucks, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's, oh, wow. it's really, really well made. So pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, I just tried to kick. You've got your, you've got three camera shots coming in here. I don't know why. Okay. You've got, you got your video plus, I guess. I don't know. Let's see what this is. You've got this one. Well, that looks like nothing. And you've got this one. That looks oh, like nothing. Yeah. Well, this, you know, those that's that's us side by side, and then you on one side, and Glenn and I on top of each other now. So, but you're showing up as a camera shot, and it's like that's us I tried to side. kick. I tried to kick that off, but it didn't seem to want to do it. Okay. It, it, I, I, have, you, it, have you got your share still turned on? No, or, no. What, all, what I'm seeing now, and I think what YouTube is seeing is right now you're on the left, and and top to bottom and then Glenn yep. and I are on top of each other on the right. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But see okay. over on the left side, I have a, I have a list of all the camera shots where okay. if I click on them, I bring in for instance uh I can bring you in full screen That's or full screen, I can bring yeah. Glenn in full screen. But yeah. I have two more. I have two more for you. Uh here here's you full screen. Okay. And then I've got another camera shot for you. But That's that's all three of us again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I I can't seem to do anything with it. I hit okay. and it didn't do anything. Anyway, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll figure yeah, it out. Like, yeah, the, I was like, this platform works well. I think the the, the, this, the shared video, I think, works well. F folks in the chat said that the Spectrum Analyzer came up great. So I think the sharing of content is streaming better and smoother with this app. The, the only thing I wish is I, I could have a virtual background so I don't see the, the mess in my, the, my ham shack here. So. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, in fact, uh, I'm supposed to be able to have virtual background here, green screen, and uh, I just tried to turn it on a minute ago, and I didn't quite be successful. Okay. I think I think they've got it uh, for the host. I think the 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 guest logins. I don't know. If, I don't think they have. I don't yeah, think yeah, they if have. I, if I do the pull up thing on this, this information. Do you have a menu? Do you have a menu over on the right side? Yeah, the only menu I have for video input is to select the camera and uh -huh. to select the resolution. I can't do anything else. And it's it's a menu up it's up it's along the bottom on the on the Melon app. It's not on the side. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, something interesting going on. Uh, someone told me in the chat room that I had the ticker going across the top and it said North Carolina. So I go up here to menu. I click on the four little dots. The little tab says menu comes up, you know, where, where I would go to turn it off. But when I go over to click on menu, it, it disappears. 
And uh, uh, well, so I, well, funny, I do, I do, I do bring up a green screen and a, and a thing where I can enable a green screen okay. and have a virtual background. But I don't, I don't have a green screen, so it's not going to work for me. Okay. So. Oh, I got. Okay, I got you. You're talking like Zoom lets you. Um, I think Zoom lets you bring something in without a green screen, don't they? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Although I guess I could try. It says it says screen. You could, you could do either a green screen or a blue screen. Right. Right. So it would have let me do it if I had a green screen, but I don't have a. Green well, screen. I see a green wall behind you. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if that that would be enough to do that. If I, if I yeah. let's just say, look, we want to play with play, it. Let's, let's play with it. Yeah. It's. I don't think it's got enough intensity to really work back here. But yeah. Yeah, and it's probably not the right color green. So. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. That's interesting. Okay. All right. So, all right, let's do this real quick and then we'll be back. Uh, let me see if I can figure out how to do this. Uh, uh, let's see back. Uh, that's interesting. Next video. Okay. I just found out how to get there. All right, let's do this. I'm going to run, let's run a quick video here. And uh, I've lost it. Oh, here we go. And then we'll be right back. Let's see if this runs. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. With a powerful and high-quality icon base station, easily cut through the pileups to get that contesting edge. Our popular IC705 portable, the IC7300, and the IC7610 SDR transceivers are the clear choice for DXers and contesters across the globe. The IC705 is a perfect transceiver for hands who enjoy both the great indoors and outdoors. The space station provides features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package that covers HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters and is weighing in at just under 2 pounds. The IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various stages, and it reduces the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. This is a radio that changed the way entry-level HF is designed. It has RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, in an SD memory card slot. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM7610 is a great sampling software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual digital select. For more information, visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. All right, we're back. You know, this, this, little, uh, this little after has some features that are kind of pretty nice. Uh, actually, uh, I may try to see if I can figure out the little workarounds to make things work. Uh, for instance, uh, 
you know, I, I, right now I can't patch the telephone calls into it where the audio is going to go both ways. Uh, I could work on that. Uh, another thing, um, let's see. I can only have up to six six uh, remote connections on here, so I can't really open it up for everybody in the world to uh, to connect with. But it's got some neat little switching uh, capabilities, and it, I think it looks pretty good. Did we lose, uh, we lose Glenn? Glenn's still there? Well, let's see. Glenn, Glenn, Alan, Alan, Alan. No. I see you. I don't see Glenn anymore. I think Glenn dropped off. <coughs> Glenn dropped off. Okay. So anyway, okay, so maybe he'll be back. We were going to talk a little about his soldering. He came over to uh, do some service mount soldering, and, and uh, there he is. He's coming back right now. All right, Glenn, where'd you go? Yeah, my um, browser decided to uh, close. Yeah, well, you need to pay the browser company. It's free. Well, I don't know. I do. <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't know. Chrome has been a royal, you know what, the past couple of weeks. I'm about ready to switch to another browser. Yeah. Well, it sometimes it it does funny things with me too, and I don't know. I like Chrome, but I think he's got some problems sometimes here. All right. Well, we got Alan in here. Says the let's see, was it Alan? Uh, uh, Earl. Oh no, wait a minute. Who said? That was a camper bug. Good, good clarity. That was uh, Clifton. Said good clarity picture. I guess the picture is okay. It's a 720p. And there you go. Did he left us again? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he left I, us. I had to pick a different browser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't know if you have you seen any of the folks that some of the other YouTubers, ham radio YouTubers, have talked about this uh, $60 laptop that you can get from Micro Center? I saw it talked about. Yeah. Uh, they said it worked pretty good for ham radio. But yeah, I, I went and picked. Actually, I picked up two of them. Yeah. Because um, I wanted to have one that I could bring down to the uh, my workbench down in the basement, and then I also wanted to have one for my wife to use for her for some knocking around stuff. And for sixty dollars, it's it's pretty. It's actually pretty good. Um, so so tell us about it. I mean, want to order me one or two or five or ten? I mean, what kind of RAMs it got in it, or and what kind of processor? They got an Intel processor. It's, or, a, it's or, an or, Intel Celeron, one point one gigahertz. It's so it's 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 you know it's not going to run you know any major software that requires. If you're doing anything with streaming video, it wouldn't work that right. It would work fine for surfing the web, maybe watching some video or doing emails and that type of thing. But anything that requires any real computing power would probably bring it to his knees pretty quick. But uh, but I, I've actually, that same application I was using to run my spectrum analyzer that I shared earlier, I actually ran that on it, okay? Which is pretty amazing yeah. that it actually worked. But it's running Windows 10, Windows 10 Professional EDU or educational version. It's really kind of designed for students. It's a $60 laptop for students. So it doesn't have a ton of storage. I forget how much RAM it has, but in terms of, it doesn't have a hard disk. It has a, had some solid state flash memory to use as a hard drive. And, and, oh, okay. and you want it, it's like a 65, 65 gig of, of open space. So it's not a ton of space. You're not going to be storing a pile of files and videos and pictures and things like that on it. 
But if you're just going to run like a logging pro program or you're going to run WSJTX, uh, FLDG, you know, uh, run FT8, things like that on it, it, it works fine for that. It's got two USB ports. Um, and the mm. other thing that's really sold a lot of the ham radio folks on it is that the charging port is 12 volts. It's what? 12 volts? 12 volts. Okay. So, so you can charge it, you know, with, you know, and run it off the same power supply system that you use for your shack. You don't have to, you know, you can still, it comes with a charger, of course, but the fact that it can be charged mm -hmm. off of 12 volts, you just make yourself an adapter up and plug it right onto your 12 So volts. instead of a regular laptop supply, 28 volt or whatever it is, it's just, just straight 12 volts. Straight 12 volts. So if you want to bring something, you want to, if you got a, you know, a large battery you're using to go out to field day or something like that to run everything off of, you can run this uh -huh. laptop on it as well. Well, that's cool. I may, uh, I, I need to look for the link on it. I may order one just to play with it. I mean, yeah, if you have a micro center near you, um, it was $59, $59.95 or whatever at micro center. Other places you can get it, um, you know, we're charging a little bit more for it. But like I said, I got, I walked away with two of them for $130 after tax. So it's pretty amazing. Well, so. yeah. I may just have to order one in the morning. You got me. <laughs> See, people show me this kind of stuff like Glenn. Every time he shows me something, I have to buy one. <laughs> well, it's a two-way street because I had to go buy me a brand new um, LCD microscope after visiting your place. Well, I, yeah, I, I saw that. Hey, uh, did you? Uh, you probably got one that's a little bit better than mine. Did you get the eight-inch screen or something? Yeah, I, think, I did. I did get the uh, the same brand, but I got the eight-inch screen. It's yeah. nice. It's yeah, like a yeah. 1600 times LCD scope. It's got the video and still shot capability. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, that's great. What, and what you know, you get, I'm uh, sorry. Do you have a, do you have a link or which, what kind did you get? Where'd you get it? Uh, shoot, it's the and and whatever. Tom's going to go get us the words. Otherwise, I'll, get, I'll walk yeah. across the room. Yeah, that's something I don't have have yet. I don't have a whole ton of space on my workbench, but uh, that probably take up less space than an actual optical microscope. So, so this is what Glenn's talking about right here. Okay. Oh, cool. Except mine's mine's eight inch. His is the seven inch. Okay. Yeah. And what's the and, brand name on that? Oh, this is a uh, A N D O N star and Don star and Don star. Okay. If you just look it up on Amazon, you'll see a bunch of them. They all look exactly the same. Uh, th this is, I think, a seven or seven and a half inch. I think now they've got eight and a half inch out there. Uh, they're anywhere from 40 bucks up to about uh, 139 okay. maybe. Yeah. What's yeah, cool about this up. one, it's got a little slot in the back for a micro SD card for you to record your video and still shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Okay. Yeah, and that's yeah. really slick, and it's powered by USB. Okay. Cool. Yeah, really? and it's uh, it you know, I I couldn't do I couldn't do the small work without it. Now I still use my binocular microscope, but this is really uh, this is really handy, Tatrix man. It's uh, oh man, I couldn't do after working with yours. It's like I gotta have one. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and, and mine came in just the cool. other day. Yeah, the other I, day. I that's one, how I, I managed to burn my finger. I just have one of those, you know, magnifying lamps yeah. that I pull down and I'm working underneath that thing. So, <laughs> yeah, Tom, I did um, a bunch of the surface mount um, uh, amplifier chips when I got home as a, as a test and experiment. 
And uh, that's how I ended up burning my hand, but that scope really made it easy. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, I'm thinking about putting this on a trucker. What do you think, man? Um, I got that. That's the only thing I bought at uh, Hamvention this year. You're going to need a bigger balloon. You know, I'm thinking, let's see. Let me, let me click on Yeah, here we go. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this ought to handle 100 watts probably easy. <laughs> oh, it weighs about 10 pounds, man. Yeah, that oh. might put you over the, the FAA limit there. Oh, gee, man. Yeah. You're going to have to start stacking balloons together. Yeah, yeah. Going to have to. Get that much lift. Going to have to. Well, hey, you know, uh, speaking of the balloon here, you know, we're still, after 45 days, we haven't lost any altitude. We're still That's flying. That's truly amazing. We're flying 51,000 feet. And, uh, as when we got to Japan, we, we were on the we were on the the last leg, man, to make that first lap. When we got to Japan, we turned and went down through uh, the Philippines and Thailand, and we turned around, and we're back now down in the Gulf of Mexico. So, you know, we have set a record for for going around the world backwards right now. Uh, we we're we're traveling uh, east to west, and we've already traveled about. We've traveled about 15,000 miles east to west right now. The prediction says it's going to keep going west. We only got about 8,000 more. If we can make it over to Japan, we will have uh, gone around the world backwards. And everybody else is going forward. So I don't know, man. That's something That's something we're going to have to kind of cheer for, uh, Glenn. Yeah, but uh, I I bet you I bet you we make we make a turn and we come back up in the U.S. Well, it's just meandering all over the place, you know, because there's yeah. just no real steering currents up there. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's a good thing because look how long the balloon has lasted. You know, very little turbulence and storms and moisture condensation. You know, yeah. so it's avoided all the pitfalls of the, the predecessors. Well, I thought by now we would at least leak some uh, hydrogen uh, out of that balloon, but uh, seems it seems like it's holding really well. It, it appears to really be holding. Yeah, yeah. yeah All right, so, so Glenn, we'll uh, next week we can bring that video out and show them my hey, yeah, you're you're soldering there. But I tell you, folks, uh, Glenn tried to solder paste, and and uh, you know I was taking. <laughs> Some of the stuff that we solder here is so small. I take a uh, I take a toothpick and sharpen it with an exacto knife, and then you take one little dab of a of a solder paste and try to put it on the you know the the circuits. I don't have a stencil for that. I could get a stencil made, but I think you'd waste more money on the stencil. You put that stencil on there and you wipe it down, man. You're going to use you know five hundred percent more. Uh, than what you put on the board. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so used to, anyway, uh, we used to hand build those things. We just had a tiny little wrench we used. I try to use a uh, toothpick and put just a little bit of a uh, solder paste down, you know. Yeah. But uh, Glenn says, let's try this, man. And he took like a spoonful of paste, man. I mean, it, we, there's four little leads close together, and he throws a big old slab of that solder paste on there. It's enough to do about 8,000 connectors to solder in. Wasn't uh, that I was surprised. Much. <laughs> I was surprised when he uh, 
when he put that heat on there, that heat gun on there, that solder paste just kind of soaked right up each of those pins and yeah, cleared the, in between them. And the flux does magical things with the wedding yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and the ones I did at home here, my paste came with a little itty bitty plastic scraper. So again, I put a glop on and then I used the scraper, just smooth it all out and put a, leave a super thin layer. And then I used the heat gun and it sucked those right down. Yeah. They all came out real good. Well, you put you put so much paste on there. I was afraid it it was going to be shorts all the way across every one of those. <laughs> it it it. Well, you know, we were experimenting, so yeah. you know, it sucked it right up, man. Just like yeah. you had to blow a balloon up, I had to try it that way just to see how yeah. that whole process worked. Yeah, that it, yeah. we used to use. Um, when we used to hand build a lot of the hybrids like that. We used a very small syringe and just squeeze it out with a syringe. Well, and, and I've got a needle that comes, mine comes in a syringe. Uh, yeah. I usually buy it with a syringe and it comes with a needle, but the, the the output of the needle, and it's a small needle, but some of the stuff we're doing here, the, the output of the needle is like three or four tracks wide almost. I mean, yeah, I'm talking it really, really is. miniature. Uh, that's yeah. the way mine is, but I used a sewing needle for the ones I did here and did the yeah. very small glopping. Yeah. At, you know, I did a combination of the the plastic scraper and the the sewing needle to, to mm. lay the paste down and yeah. they all came out real good yeah the flux I, I guess, magical things so i guess a stencil might work well to lay a stencil on there and just yeah. you know wipe it down with that but yeah you just got to watch because you'll get you'll be left with these tiny you know micro solder balls because the paste yes. is really the tiny little solder balls is really suspended in a flux and most of the stuff is going to wet and suck up to the leaves, but you can yeah. be left with these tiny little micro solder balls that you got to clean off. Yeah, Glenn but, had uh, a few of those. Yeah. He, he noticed that. That's one of the things I think he talks about in the video we did, the little solder balls that just kind of yeah. roll, rolled around on there. You know. Cause I, yeah, because I did a video several years ago uh, showing um, uh, some drag soldering of a, uh, like a yep. circle out chip. And... Uh, and I didn't use paste. I didn't have paste. I just did it with like a solder blob. But the flux makes all the difference. You kind of put the flux on there. The flux really helps the solder wet and surface tension just brings it to the things that it's wetted to. And you literally can just drag a soldering iron right along the edge of you know, a surface mount chip. As long as you got that thing kind of flooded in flux and just bloop, and you perfectly solder each lead. Yeah. All right. By yeah. It. <laughs> all right. Well, you know. We are, uh, let me see if I can figure out how to get back. Here we go. Um, we made a lot of modifications to our board, our tracker board, and and um, a lot of uh, circuit changes and making it smaller. And we've got one in the works right now. You know, this is the size of our tracker. We got one now in the works we're going to have made that's one half this size. The whole board is about the size of that white GPS. The, the GPS goes on one side and the the microprocessor goes on the other side, and um, we have found that uh, on this board here, the company is making the boards now, and we, we were having trouble over the years finding some company that would really could put these together for us. And we found a company that, uh, for about twelve bucks, they're actually you know, assembled this for us, and that includes all the parts. Yeah. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty cheap. That's and, impressive. Uh, and and you know I. I haven't got one in my hands yet. I've got some coming in, and I think their soldering is going to look a whole lot better than my soldering under the 
the magnifier, you know, when they run it through your system and their, what do you call it, your yeah. something yeah, flow and the reef, the reflow system, the yeah. reflow system and all that. Yeah. And, uh, what did you use to design the board, Tom? Well, uh, we've got a guy in uh, Bosnia that is doing the layouts for us. Okay. We just give him the schematic and he's going to lay it right out, man. Because that's, and, that's uh, the next aspect I have to work with. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, you know, if I can have them made instead of having to build them, I'd rather have them made because, oh, let me yeah. tell you, hey, quite a number of times I'll I'll get a, a, a solder bridge or something in here and then try I'd to pay 12 bucks to have somebody now, build it for you, me. Even I take the solder wick and try to get a solder bridge out of some of the stuff, it don't want to come out, this, this yeah. little bitty stuff, especially... Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Speaking of which, I've got that dead board. Apparently, I left one of my chips, and I took your GPS board in trade, or your tracker board in trade. So I've got that. Okay. That bad tracker board. I'll get back to you. Okay. Well, I got your chip here. I've got your name yeah. on it. I got it taped to a. He's piece holding of paper it hostage. Thing. Yeah. What are you going to do with that chip? It doesn't fit anything. I've got the carriers to fit it now. Oh, do you? Okay. Well, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that was the SI-4707 um, weather radio chip. It's actually a weather radio on a little 3 by 3 millimeter, was it uh, QFN package? Yeah, yeah. Leadless type package. And the carriers said that the carriers that I had, the SmartWorks board, said they do 3 and 4 millimeter, but we looked and it just, didn't seem right. It, it wasn't big enough. Wasn't but big enough. The ones I have now definitely <clears throat> are the right size. <clears throat> All right. Let me do this. Let me do this. Look here. Bam. Look at here. Pardon the wrinkles in my my green screen back here. Hey guys, let me hey, I want to talk to you about this just real quick, man. We got Huntsville coming up. Huntsville Hamfest coming up. We're gonna be doing a webcast for Huntsville three solid days. Uh We'll be streaming uh, Setup Day, which is Friday, the 19th of August. And uh, you never know who's going to walk by. On Setup Day, uh, you'll see people driving their vehicles inside the building. You'll see people setting up. There'll be people there, possibly, you know, like Bob Heil, uh, Gordo, uh, different people you might know. Uh, they'll come by and get on the, the camera. So no telling who you're going to see on Setup Day. Uh, so we'll be probably one of the first ones in to set up that morning, probably around 9 or 10 o'clock. And we'll start streaming from that point forward. We'll stream all day Saturday, and we'll stream Sunday. Now, we've got a lot of prizes. If you go to W5KUB.com, click on prizes in the menu, you'll see some of the prizes. We had not got them all loaded yet, but that's the ones I know about right now. And we'll be giving those away to anybody that, that Hambot picks their name. If Hambot Hambot, pick your name, you win those prizes. Now, Huntsville, although it's smaller and we have different arrangements with them, and we really love Huntsville, it's going to cost us $1,500 to stream that ham fest for those three days. So what we did, and this has worked out well for us in the past, we're setting aside this one prize. This is a CA, a Comet CA 500 Mark II antenna analyzer. We're setting this aside, and if you'll donate $5, uh to, to w5kub to help us cover the expense we're gonna put your name in a hat for this caa 500. this thing is all metal it's uh feels it feels actually like i'm holding a brick right now it's about the size of a brick 
So you got your uh, display down here that you can, uh, let's see, yeah. You can do scans and sweeps and it shows all the different information. You got your cross needles up here and it goes up to 500 megahertz. So, hey, again, uh, $5 donation, you get your hat, name in a hat once. $10, get your name in a hat twice. 15 get your name in a hat three times. And Glenn helped me with the math last time, but uh, for a thousand bucks, for a thousand bucks, we're going to put your name in here. Well, you're supposed to get 200 tickets in the hat. Now, it's going to fill the hat up. We might even throw an extra five in there. So a thousand dollars will get you uh, 200 tickets. But anyway, you can click on uh, it's on our prize page. Is it, we, we show this at the top of the prize page on W5KUB.com. You can just click here if you'd like to donate. Let me tell you, the Huntsville Ham Fest, it's a smaller Ham Fest. We don't have near as many people that watch this as we do the Dayton Hamvention. And I can tell you right now, the odds of someone picking this up, the odds are really high right now because, you know, there's not that many people that have uh, thrown uh, their name, you know, into the hat. Uh, but we're doing okay. Uh, if you can, to help support us. We'd, we'd appreciate it. Uh, if you can't, don't worry about it. We've still got 30 or 40 fruit prizes that we're going to give out. You might win. Again, all you got to do is just answer if Hambot calls your name. Uh, out of out of the 40 prizes that I, I have right now, uh, probably 35 of them are worldwide. That means anybody in international can win those prizes. There may be five prizes out of 40 that are U.S. shipment only. Now, if you're international and you have a uh, U.S. address, like a lot of Canadians have U.S. address, we can ship it there, and then it's up to you to figure out how to get it, you know, across the border. You can probably put it in the back of a truck or, you know, I don't know. I, I won't go any further. <laughs> um, you know, so anyway, hey, that's the deal, and I'm sticking to it, man, and we're going to have fun there. Again, we don't sell anything at the Ham Fest. It's going to be strictly work for you guys. We're going to try to do walk-arounds uh, at, at least every half hour or hour. If I can get some volunteers, and, hey, I see – I see um, – who was it? I see Ed in here. I see Ed in here. He helped me a lot last year. I bet you Ed helps me this year. And if we can get some other uh, other help helpers out there, uh, let me tell you, all I have to do is send you a link to your phone. You click on that link, and your phone becomes a camera and microphone. And uh, just like I'm bringing uh, uh, Glenn and, and, and Alan in here, uh, let's see how to turn it on. Just like I'm bringing them in, uh, you know, that's a camera shot, and, and you can be out interviewing somebody in the flea market, and you'll be on here, and we can even go full screen with you, you know, uh, as you're, as you're uh, you know, streaming, and it's going to be pretty good. And actually, I think we'd have two-way contact. I could actually talk to you from my booth to your uh, streaming camera, so this yeah, is going to be exciting. If Tom can get enough help, you guys can also pretty much see, you know, a, de a live delayed broadcast of my forum and then uh bill brown's balloon forum is right after mine that's true and yeah uh that was that's earl i meant to say earl i didn't mean to say ed but that's earl uh wa4kbt happy to help what happy to help last year wait a minute i'm talking this year guys so anyway no hey earl earl will probably, if he's there i'm sure he'll help but uh hey if somebody goes to glenn's forum uh, if you would, uh, 
we need you to at least uh, record it or, or stream it back to our, our booth and uh, we'll uh, get that on. We'll try to stream Bill's uh, launch outside. So, uh, yeah, uh, Earl says, yeah, he'll be there this year too. So I'm, I'm pumped up, man. I'm excited about it. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have a good time uh, there. And even though we're going to run this, this more compact little broadcast software here, I think it's going to do a, a better job for us overall. Uh, the other software that we run is really expensive. It's, you know, it's anywhere from 500 to 1,000 bucks. Uh, it's more like a TV studio. It'll do a million things, but you, you need five TV engineers to work it. Whereas this one uh, is pretty pretty simple, man. Pretty simple. Joe, All I'm right. Gonna to, I'm gonna have to jump out. I just got a note from my wife. The dog is sitting by the back door with her legs crossed. All so right. I'm gonna take the dog for a walk. <laughs> well, very good, man. Hey, thanks for being with us tonight, and All thanks right. a lot for your uh, uh, your help with the uh, spectrum no, no analyzer. All right, very good. We'll All see right, you guys later you. on. All right. All right. Good Goodbye. Bye. All right, Glenn. Looks like it's gonna be just me and you for the next few minutes uh, uh hey, the dog made it an extra 40 minutes tonight that was pretty good yeah hey let me see if i can turn my green screen on now i, I don't know if i can do it or not but i'm gonna try it and again this 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 app i'm using and, and again this app is 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 it's on the cloud this thing is not this thing is not running in my house i'm on a browser only and and Glenn and like normal Glenn's signal would come in on Zoom and I would rebroadcast it here, or Alan would come in I'd rebroadcast it, but Alan and Glenn tonight they're coming directly to you from the cloud. They're not coming to my my location here. Uh, so if you watched us when I was in North Carolina a couple weeks ago, uh, I was on DSL and my picture was really pixelated, but uh, Glenn was totally clear, man. So that's what I like about it. You know, it's just got it's got the basics. It's got the basics, and it's almost what we need. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, let me see if I can get the green screen on here. Let me, let me yeah, see. it actually looks like it would be supported on my system, and I'm running Windows Seven on this this guy, so yep, I generally yep. can't under Zoom. I can't use the the green screen stuff. Okay. All right. Now I just turned the green screen on. Let's see, green screen. I've got it on green. All right. Now. Let me get a picture. Um, all right, here's a picture. Now, I see the green screen didn't come on. Let's see. I think there's an adjustment for it somehow right here. Let's see. There you hey, go. Look at that. Look at that. Oop. Look at there, man. How do you like that? There's your green screen. That you looks you pretty like good. It? You like it? Yeah, look at there, man. We got our we got our green screen working here, man. We got our green. What is that? What is that right there? I have no idea what that is. Looks it's a like, library. It looks like a library. Yeah. Let's see what this is. I don't know what that is. Conference room. Yeah, I can be a lot of places. Coffee Let's room. See. Let's see what we got here. Well, that's kind of cool. Oh, I here. Here's where I like to be right here, man. There you go. I like to be right there. Yeah, a nice tropical breeze would be about nice because that's yeah, the other boy. thing. Oh, feels, With the hundred really degree heat, we've had no breeze at all. Feels good. Let me go back just to our regular. There we go, man. I like that. You know, hey, the green screen does work. 
Yeah, green. like Earl says, it's a little bit pixely around the edges. Yeah, let me see. I, I see a little at the top up here. I see. Oh, yeah. you know what? That's the lights. You see, it's brighter at the top. Yeah. Up here. I've but got studio you, lights turned on. I could probably can adjust the, the lights. The pixelation on your arms and shirt. Yeah, let's see. I can. Let's see I what didn't this say does. under your arms. I said on your arms and shirt. There you go, right there. The, the Invisible Man. The Invisible Man, yeah. I can, I, hey, what, what, what was that, 60 show, The Invisible Man? All right. Now, let's see. Let's see what we can do here. Come on, that's come a, on. That, that's actually almost good if you got rid of the rest of the pixelation. I mean, it's hardly noticeable, but you can see it. Yeah, yeah, well, it looks like it's a little stretched uh, from side to side. The picture, the picture yeah, back there. Yeah, your, your spectrum analyzer and the uh, uh, whatever that is next, even the bird watt meter looks stretched. I don't know. Yeah, but the thing where your, your plane is sitting on, it looks stretched. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah, so it does look a little bit stretched, but you'd have to look for it to see it. Well, I I, uh, I upgraded my equipment since you were here. That's the wider model. Yeah, that's the wider model. Let's see, starting coverage. All right. Well, hey, cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it does a good job. And look, I can maybe move our round table a uh, uh, little thing up to the top up there. Yeah. See? Move it back down here. I mean, that that's pretty good. I mean, just you know, got to work a few more things out, and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, I think we can do that. Uh, let's, let's, see, let's see what this does. Hey, guys, I've got, a, I've got a video of Glenn here. Watch this. So you're saying I can ask this cat any question? The cat is connected to the computer. You just type in the question, it will read his mind. There's the answer, Cole. You're the man! I've been looking for this for weeks. All right. Well, that's, that's cool. The way, the, the way the video goes in and out and brings me right back, man. One thing on my end, though, is when you play the video, the audio comes through my speakers and not through my headset, like when you unmute what? me. Yeah. The audio when, came through your speakers and not your headset. When you played the video, the audio comes through my speakers and my microphone gets muted and I don't hear anything in my headset. But then when the video finishes, I get unmuted automatically and then the audio is back in my headset. Well, so you're telling me when I played that video, it came out your speakers? Correct. How in the world can it switch from your headset to your speakers? You tell me, because I don't have a setting for that. Well, uh, right here. Ding, 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 ding. I'm taking control of your uh, computer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it does that. Yeah. Well, as long as it does doesn't it. control the horizontal and vertical, I won't get I'm too controlling worried. the horizontal and vertical here, believe me. Let me tell so, you hey, what. Hey, you, hey, hey. See, you should be All able right. to hear my audio. 
I don't know, but hey, even Hambot likes this little app right here. This thing has some possibility. It really does. I really hate chunking out though that 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 other uh, uh, webcaster that oh, I use. You may run into something that this doesn't do, but welcome oh, to technology. Stuff this stuff this gets obsoleted very. I mean, I've been preparing the new Arduino book, and I'm finding that a bunch of the parts that I used in that first book are obsolete, no longer available. And I've had to hunt for replacements. Yeah. So technology moves quickly. Yeah. Well, this is a relatively new app. They just, uh, I just found it last year and actually helped them to, um, put some features in that I saw were missing and they were pretty good about doing it. And then I didn't use it for about a year. And now I'm back on it again. And hey, it, it served its purpose tonight. It, it got us on the air tonight where our other thing crapped out here with the update, you know. Yeah, so no, I mean, it, it's good. It's I have no problems with it. It gives me more flexibility in moving windows around and stuff. So, no, it's been fine. Yeah, for the me. only problem, the only problem, and I can test more, but this was a fact before, is uh, if you try to share a video, uh, your audio would not come through. So, and and I I brought that up to them. I don't think they ever fixed it. I think they talked like it, it, you know, they couldn't do it. But you know, Zoom does that. You share a video on Zoom, and the, you can share audio. So yeah. I, I I'll look at that again and, and and communicate with them. I haven't talked to them in about a year. Um, wonder how easy it is to switch cameras. Let me see if I can switch a camera here. Let's see. I'm probably going to lose you here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What happened if I do this right here? Gonna put me back in the twilight zone. Wait a minute. What happened here? Let me see. Uh, okay. I'm still here. So, yeah. Well, I saw the camera switch, but it 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 only lasted about half a second. Let's see. I didn't see anything on my feed. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Did you put the name labels up there, or does it do that automatically? Oh, you, you, you do it when you when you log in here with your name. Oh, okay. Because I just uh, clicked you, the link, but I guess I'm, my name is saved in the the cache. Yeah. Okay. Oh, did you see that come in? Just just for a half a second. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. I just thought, you know. Hey, look, now I'm backwards. Now I'm forward. There you go. All right. Okay. All right. Hey, if you've been listening out there on radio, on WBCQ Shortwave 7490, you've been listening to Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's ham radio. You wondered what amateur radio is, ham radio. And uh, we uh, are glad you joined with us. And you can join us on a live video show. Just tune in on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Go to W5KUB.com and just click on the yellow button up here. It says video and chat. And you being here with us tonight. Yeah, Mark P. is wanting to know what app is this? All right, Mark, uh, this app is called, it's called Melon App, M-E-L-O-N, Melon App. And uh, if you do get it, 
I want credit, so I get ten bucks marked knocked off my, you know. And, and right now, I'm paying a subscription for this at twelve dollars a month. So uh, I've been paying that for the last twelve months and haven't even used it. But I felt like it might be worth having, and uh, I think it's going to do a pretty good job. So I, I, I'm going to start playing with it a little bit more. Uh, I'll uh, figure out how to tie the. Uh, uh, let's see. Let me think about this. I could tie the phone lines into it. I can get audio in and out. But I won't be able to bring in your video. Uh, you know, like on, uh, I, I bring everybody in on Zoom on video, and, and I can see that Zoom call, and I can connect to it, and I can bring it video over, but I can't do it with this program. Um, you mean I couldn't share a video? You can share a video, yeah. But like, okay. uh, if I wanted to open this up to everybody out there, you know, oh, open yeah. the Zoom lines up, I, I don't have any way to bring your video into this. Now, I could bring your audio in and out. I could do that. Well, now, wait to, a minute. If, if they were just sent the same link I was, couldn't they get in? They could, but I I can only have six people. Ah, okay. Uh, on that, so uh, that's that's the limitation there. Yeah, refer a friend, get ten bucks right here. Mark P, tell me, do you want me to refer them to you? And if so, put it in the chat room, and I'll refer you. Uh, the they do have a free version. I think you can have two or three camera shots or people, um, and uh, it's free. Or if you want to go up to six, then it's like $12 a month. <laughs> All right, man, we got about eight minutes till sign off on shortwave. And I uh, uh, just want to apologize to everybody tonight, man. We had a Windows update that just uh, completely destroyed everything in our uh, uh, broadcasting system earlier. Um, I was gonna, it was going to take me probably an hour to get all the different pieces back on and working. And um, I just didn't have time. So that's the reason we went with this tonight. So there is a free version of it. Uh, it's limited to two or three people. The paid version, you can get up to six people, I think. Uh, I think the free version may put the Mellow, uh, Melon uh, app um, watermark on your page, maybe. Um, yeah, there's a few little restrictions uh, to it. Um, I can't load videos here on my on a separate PC and play those like I could with my other system because I can't bring video in from a different system here. Uh, I can load upload videos to this app and they go on the cloud and but they have to be under 150 megs but uh, uh, I can load I can load videos up there and you know um, they will uh, they'll work. For instance, here's our, here's our astronaut friend, Doug Wheelock. Uh, here, listen, he's going to give us a promo here. Listen to this. My name is Doug Wheelock. In my spare time on the space station, I stay connected to planet Earth. I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Doug Wheelock. In my spare time on the space station, I stay connected to planet Earth through the ham radio, through amateur radio. I turn in, tune in to W5KUB. <laughs> Hi, I'm Doug Wheelock, and in my spare time on the space station, I stay connected to planet Earth 
by listening to amateur radio, I turn it, tune into, why do I say turn into? Hi, I'm Doug Wheelock. In my spare time on the space station, I... Did you mess up again? Yeah. Hi, I'm Doug Wheelock. In my spare time on the space station, I stay connected to the planet by tuning in to W5KUB.com. Well, you know, you would think an astronaut could get it right. For a simple 15-second message. Yeah. Sounds I mean, like something I'd do. How hard is it, man? I mean, here he is up there steering the International Space Station around, you know, and afterburners and blasting, you know, the jets on the side and, you know, uh, you know, missing uh, comets and stuff. But when you ask him to make a commercial, he has trouble, man. I mean, I, I guess his intelligence level is just so much higher than where we are. That that's yeah. the problem, man. Yeah. Well, they don't use words. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. But yeah, I mean that that sounds like something I would do. I don't think I could memorize a fifteen-second speech. Look, hey, hey, I had this written. I had cue cards written and hanging on the bottom of the camera. <laughs> all he had, all he had to do was read them. You know. Well, you know, um, it, it, it's just that one word seems like really kept catching him, and that was turning instead of tuning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that just shows how old school he is. It's from back in the day where we actually had to get up and turn the channel knob on the TV. Yeah. We, didn't have the, uh, we didn't have these remote controls. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, remote control, you know, I grew up my uncle in a TV shop, and uh, so I, 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 I've been around just about every TV making model uh, since you know the 50s, but uh, the, the the very first remote, and some people might remember this in uh, in the chat room. The very first remote was not an RF or an IF, um, yeah, uh, infrared. It had a little cl clacker in there, and uh, it actually hit a piece of metal, like a uh, uh, what do you call it, like a, a wind chime, you know. The clicker, you'd mash it down and you'd feel it click, and it hit that little bar and it go ding, you know, or you hit the other one and go yeah. dong. And the TV was, uh, you know, set up to hear those two tones, and that's how that's the first remote control I think that Zenith came out yeah. with. And then, uh, and now they're so complicated, it's uh, almost impossible to figure out how to work all the buttons on one. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's I saw something while we're talking about this, man. I saw something interesting. Who was smarter? Was a generation from 50 years ago smarter than a generation today? Now, here's here's something to think about. So, in back back in the 1960s, your automobile manual that you get with your car told you how to adjust the lifters. Okay. Now, the book that comes with cars now tell you don't drink the acid out of the batteries. Right. Man. Yeah, I mean, actually, that was kind of something funny today. Uh, one of the folks at work uh, apparently thought they had a bad battery. And, of course, they had to get network support involved. And uh, I went out there to help and, you know, hooked up the jumper cables. No effect. Pulled my spare battery that I have in my car because I've been stuck in the middle of nowhere when a battery dies. And uh, that didn't help. 
And so we got to looking and I dug out my voltmeter that I always carry in the car. Battery was fine. So I'm like, what's going on? I went over to the little relay box where all the fuses and relays are in mm -hmm. and opened it up and wiggled and reseated all the relays, you know, just to maybe knock off some tarnish or whatever. Car started right up. Yeah. You know, most people wouldn't even stop to think to go to that box and try to do something. Yeah, that's true. So look, man, why do you carry a big old heavy battery? Why don't you buy you one of those little things with the handle on it, you know, the jumper? You know, that little well, here, here's the deal, and this happened to me twice in my old car. Um, and it wasn't the car, it was the batteries themselves. Modern batteries today, back in the old days, if a battery died, you could usually jump it off long enough to get you home. It would charge, right. And, right. you know, it would, it would just maintain enough to get you home as long as the engine didn't stall. Well, mm -hmm. modern batteries today, at least the two that died on me, literally when they die, they're dead. They will not hold the charge, um, nothing. And so, I mean, if you even stop at a stop sign and the alternator, you know, winds down to idle, it'll die. Boom. And yeah. that happened to me twice. So as part of that, I always carry a spare battery because you got to remember, I was driving in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi yeah, for all those yeah. years. And if my battery were to die way down there, well, it would be hours for a, I, a I AAA. To I, I understand a, a battery is cheaper than a Glock. Um, we won't yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Um, but um, <clears throat> I, I have a battery, voltmeter, and tools yep. and assorted things in the car for quick fixes. I've got AAA. Well, let me ask you, what kind of voltmeter do you have in the car? Would it be a Harbor or Freight? Oh, you betcha. It's yeah, one got... of them little bitty bitty red ones that does every function known to man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a, I've it's got, got a, a little of... socket in there to test your transistors and tells you whether it's NPN or PNP. We need to give away some more of those. I got about fifteen of those left. I used to go to Harbor Freight uh, every week when they would give them away free. You know, you had to buy something and you get that free meter. You know, oh, I always yeah. buy, I'd buy a twenty-five cent light bulb or something. You know, and get my free meter. And I think I had about thirty-five or forty meters at one time. I, I gave a talk over in uh, uh, Tuckasegee, North Carolina, to a ham club uh, a year or two ago, and they had about twenty people there and. I gave every one of them a meter. And yeah. back there, back there in the mountains, most of them never had a meter. But yep. uh, hey, that little uh, that little Harbor Freight meter, it's fairly accurate. Plus, it's it's it, accurate. Plus, it's, you it's don't care light. if it gets beat around, you know? No. I mean, I, this was, I just keep in the back compartment in my, you know, back of the Jeep and uh, whipped it out there. And I mean, it solved it. It saved the whole day because I'm like, there's nothing wrong with this battery. Yeah. And, uh, that's when it came down to, well, it's got to be either the computer or the ignition. It sounded like the solenoid just wasn't. Yeah. Well, that fuse, that fuse may have uh, been into the solenoid circuit or something. Not, so, not I mean, I just, well, you know, inside that little fuse and electronics box there, <clears throat> uh, you've got a whole bunch of those little bitty bitty fuses, but you also have a handful of tiny relays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, That's I true. mean, I just did the old you know, tap them and wiggle them and, you know, maybe they were stuck or jammed or uh, 
there was tarnish on the contacts, as you got to remember, it's a hundred degrees out there, so it'd be real easy for a relay, yeah, to stick. Yeah, and more than likely, that's what I did is I unstuck a relay. Well, I can understand why car repairs are so expensive now. You've got to almost have a doctorate degree to, uh, oh, yeah. you know, to work on. I mean, that's about hey, as far hey, as I you know. know. I, I remember, hey, uh, our 57 Chevy, man, you could kind of lay on a seat and put your head up in on the dash and you could trace a wire out or unplug the, you could unplug the antenna from the radio or whatever, you know. There ain't no way now to get under there. I had a 1970 Mustang that had the, the straight inline six cylinder. And you could literally climb in next to that engine and do darn near everything you needed. There was just that much room under the hood. Yeah, yeah. Now, good luck. There's not a place you can stick your finger through. Man. Yeah, it's... Well, you know what? We are past our cutoff time. So oh, wow. I, I want to thank everybody for uh, sticking in here. It looks like... The app is telling me we'll still have we still have 45 people in the chat room now or not 45 people watching. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't know if that's right, but that's what the app's saying. So there's like a lot of people might have stuck with us tonight. Uh, I, I hope that uh, uh, well we started a few minutes late, maybe 10 minutes late. Uh, I hope that um, uh, the new app that we ran tonight uh, was. Uh, satisfactory i think uh from from what i'm seeing here it looks pretty good i hope you guys saw it it, and, it does look you know, good I, I may move to this thing i you know i may move to this and try to just redo the whole studio and get a lot of this junk unhooked because right now right now we've got one two three we got four we've got four computers networked where they all talk with each other i got four keyboard boards i got four mouses or mice i've got uh I've got uh, a 16 channel mixer over here, uh, uh, audio compressor. We got a lot of stuff hooked up here. Hey, hey, the show's over, but I'm gonna show you something, man. I'm gonna show you something. <laughs> All right, Let's see if I can do this. Is that is that for signaling planes and flight to land in your backyard? Let me show you if I can do this. Hey. It actually came on. It came on. Yeah. It, it, it came on. Yeah, I have not been able to get this thing to turn on. I've been working on it for like all day. And let me tell you something. It's a very powerful light, and you can adjust this in here, slide it in or out, you know, for the beam. Very powerful. But you think, okay, hey, battery capacity, this, this sucker is, is great. You know, it's good and heavy. But I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Triple A's. Oh, my word. No, no, no. You no, got to take no. a truck. You got to take a truck down to Costco to get batteries for the sucker. Okay. No kidding. What is that? 12 double A's? Yeah, it's got 12, 12 double A's in it. Now, I want to show you something else. The way this thing's designed. You see the end of this? Look at the contacts. Oh, you see that? No, 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 you see that no. contact here? Now look, look at the contact here. So no, no, you see no, the, no, center, no. the center fits the center, but the outer two contacts fits that outer circle. Now, now watch this. The same so thing. So are they running there. all of those in series? You're not gonna you're not gonna be able to see it, but it's the same thing in here. You got the the dot in the center, or the circle around it. Now, 
there was something wrong with these batteries. I changed batteries that didn't fix it. So I started troubleshooting and, and, and following the voltage, you know, battery after battery after battery. And, and it was real flaky. Now, here's the thing about this. You can put these batteries, they, they, I don't know if a Chinese guy or a Japanese guy designed this, but you can put that battery in that way or you can put it in that way. It don't make any difference. If you put it in that way, that's the center. That's the plus. And these two outside ones, you know, go on that ring. They, they go on that ring there that's inside where the bulb is, and they short together. So these two are like minus, and that's the plus. Now, on this end, you got three on this end. But the two outside ones, let's see, how does it work? Two, I think two outside ones are together. Yeah, the two outside ones are together, and the center one is something else. Now, so this is the switch right here. When I press the switch, that just shorts out between those two rings. Okay. So when that's on there, that when these make contact, in other words, if I short an outer outer post to the inner post, that turns the batteries on and gives me an output here on the center post and then these two outside ones are minus. Now, I got this thing built where if I turn it over backwards and put it in here, it still works the same way. The switch, the switch here will key this one and this one works the lights. I mean, this is the, the center is the plus and these, are, these two are the minus. Now, I'll, for about three hours, I couldn't even get the light to come on. And I, I put new batteries in it. I checked the voltages. I had to draw out a schematic on how, how this sucker works because going through the batteries, you got, you got this ring here on each end that shorts out the outer two uh, here and here. And then you got that center, uh, which is either positive or something else down here. And the switch goes across these. So I, I drew me out a diagram. And I, I, I pretty much understand how it works. I was getting it where it would turn the light barely on earlier. It was like it wasn't getting any current. And in um, uh, measuring uh, voltage through here, I was getting to places where I, I had almost no voltage. And these little springs, I took, I took all the batteries out. I, I, I took a little file. I polished up the end of the springs where they make good contact. You know, I cleaned all the contacts. And then when I would turn it on, it would just barely come on, like it couldn't get enough current. Now, these are brand new batteries. So uh, my next thing is there must be a really bad connection somewhere inside this thing. If it's if once the current comes on, it, it just, you know, causes a, a, an area where the, 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 it doesn't go through. So. There's some little bitty screws in the ends here and on both ends and the sides. I guess I'm going to take this thing apart. Something in here is barely making connection somewhere. Now, if I put this thing back in, it might not even come on now. It's back in. Oh, yeah, it's working perfect now. I mean, it's working. This is, this is the first time it's worked all day. Even when I uh, brought it over to, to the show tonight, it wasn't working. It's working. Working. Interesting. It's working. Now, this light will shine, you know, like three football fields long, man. But I don't like the fact it's got AA batteries in it. 
that's not going to give you any battery life at all. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they just use four D cells? But I guess they're using that to get like 18 volts out of the yeah, thing. Yeah, it's about there. I think there's about 18 volts and there's a great big uh, LED right there. Yeah. That's why they're using 18 volts yeah. instead of. Now, it, it does make a good weapon. This sucker's heavy oh, and it's all steel yeah. construction. So, you know, if the but, battery goes dead, you can still hit people with so it. So is a battery with nothing but D cells in it. Yeah. Yeah. But that would only give me about, uh, what, one. Two, I'm, I don't know. It'd only you, give you three. Uh, you so might you get only four get and three. A half you might get four in there. I don't know. But uh, you know, see. One, who is it? Uh, two, one of the big flashlight makers makes like an eight D cell battery, you know, yeah. and uh, looks like a club. Well, so hey, it's working out. I don't, you know, now you know what I can do? I can crawl under the kitchen sink now and work on my garbage disposal. I've got a garbage disposal that just don't, it doesn't seem like it's draining good. And I have been working on that thing the last two days. So I had to take uh, about four hours off and work on my light. And uh, tomorrow I'll get under there. I may have to pull my garbage disposal off. Anyway, hey, everybody, thank you. We've dropped down to 39 viewers right there, and we're talking about garbage disposals, and yeah. we're starting to lose people now. We've got 39 That's it. on there. Chris, Chris called it. It's a maglite flashlight. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But yep. Yeah, I need to, to get out of here myself. I want popcorn or something like that. You know, I do too. I, I think I can eat some popcorn tonight. Hey, Glenn, man, good to... Uh, Good to see you again tonight. And let's see, how do I work this? I go there, if I go there, that don't work. <laughs> if I go there, I'm trying to figure out, how, oh, I know how to do it. I got to press. Oh. I mean, I've just lost it right now. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how this works now. Let's see. All right, all right. Interesting. Show the screen. Okay, there we are. Yep. There you are. And two, three. There we go. All right. All right. Okay. Hey, good night, everybody. Thanks for watching tonight. And uh, hey, we'll see you next week. And. Uh, I might play around with this some this week and see if I can figure out how to make it work a little better. But uh, I kind of like it. Real simple. Looks Just, cool. We're gonna set. We're gonna. We're gonna go I'm gonna back. I'm gonna have to time. clean up more of my room though. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's sad. You can see. The... Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh uh, no. You can see the FT101 is now under piles of paper you know so you can well, see, now I how can't. Bad. see now, now i can't see it yeah well it looks like it just kind of trims it yeah it's yeah. part of, well it zooms in and trims but when you take the the raw native shot that's coming out of my camera you get to see the whole whole side of this office but yeah i mean you know my room is getting messy when the 101 that I just bought at Dayton is now buried under paper and stuff. Oh, man. All right. It's it's going to come to the surface here real soon, but, man, you know, I've got a December deadline on the book, and that's the number one priority.
Okay. Good night. We'll see you. Good night, everybody. Next week. We'll see you. Good night.